Welcome to uh, our Cornerstone Church Kingston podcasts. We are working our way through animals of the Bible. Uh, we've done Corona Chronicles, a couple of series of that. We did Christianity A to Z, looking at big key Bible doctrines. And now we're doing something a bit different, um, but uh, good fun and helpful as well, uh, is this um, is uh, animals of the Bible. And uh, we've done a few so far, and we're going to be looking at the fish today. Uh, fish, and uh, I'm here with Pete. Who who actually quite enjoys fishing? To be yes, quite honest. it's a very lovely, uh, thing very to biblical, do. very proper activity, isn't it? Mm. And uh, with Ben, yeah, I've also caught mackerel off the back of a, a canoe, yeah, with a spinner. So mm, I can nice. I can be included in this conversation today. You certainly can. And uh, I'm Tom, and we're um, you caught a shark? I have caught a shark. Mm, yeah, big one. Uh, yeah, I got a photo to prove it. And uh, we're pastors at Cornerstone Church. Cornerstonechurchkingston.org is the place to go for lots of other resources, including those podcasts I just mentioned. And uh, we're going to start with, get, get going with the fish. We're actually going to begin a little bit differently today. Um, and I'm going to read um, just a little, uh, a little snippet from a, um, a Bible dictionary. I looked up the word fish in the Bible dictionary. And it says this, the most famous fish story is actually a post-biblical one founded on the use of the Greek word for fish as an acronym for the ancient creed. Jesus Christ, God's Son, Saviour. The first letter of each of these names reproduces the Greek word for fish, ichthus. And uh, that explains why you might, if you're driving around, see some people with a fish on the back of their car, um, because historically the fish uh, has been one of um, the Christian symbols. And uh, it was a way of saying that we are the people of Christ. Uh, this is our symbol. This is what we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ, God's Son, Saviour. And so the fish uh, came to stand for faith in in the true uh, Christ of the Gospels. So that's quite exciting, isn't it? There's yeah, an it amazing amount of theology just in that little fish, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many things. Like the, for, for Jesus to be the Son of God, that is a that is a... Christological Trinitarian statement. Isn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, God is not one; He is uh, Father, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. And um, and Jesus, this Jesus Christ is Savior. He's the one who's. Co- so there's. Uh, I mean, I think uh, in the early church, loads of different sort of mm. ideas sprung up. Yeah. And what a, an amazingly succinct sort of ex- thing to to little creed to just yeah. sort of say yeah we 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 know who jesus is he's yeah. the son of god and he's savior yeah and these days you know the atheist societies have tried to mimic it by putting darwin in it and giving it feet oh yeah and it just looks pants doesn't it <laughs> um it looks rubbish you know well uh, i mean that's interesting because the first uh, uh thing in the bible about fish is in creation mm. day five and it's very interesting that god creates uh you know the sea and he creates the the, uh, uh, the 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 living creatures to live in the sea, and it talks about them teeming mm. in the sea. But uh, then day six is the creation of man, which is very separate, isn't it? Mm. Because mm. Darwinism would say there's a muddling up going on here mm. uh, of the two days that the fish sort of climb out of the the sea and become yep. a, a, a day five, and then climb into day six mm. to become. A, but it's not how the Bible puts it. No, 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 no. no. So in um, so in the Bible, there's there are there are lots of there there are there are there are kind of lots of little things about the fish. Really, there's lots of stories with fish in mainly in the New Testament. Uh, there's parables about fish. Um, there's certain uh, Old Testament 
laws and regulations concerning uh, fish, which ones to eat and which ones uh, were not to be eaten. Um, but where should we start? Where, where do you want to start with, with the well, fish? Well, I mean, Bible, a Bible great fish? story in the Bible is is uh, Dagon, the fish god. Which is a, he's a, he's <laughs> yeah. a false uh, pagan... Uh, is, is, is it... Um, a Philistine god? I'm quite, yes. I can't remember. Yeah, um, um, uh, and he's the god of the Philistines, or was it Amalekites? So, anyway, whatever. Philistines, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, there's uh, God's um, holy um, uh, uh, ark is is around the the Philistines have got hold of it, and uh, they put it in a in a room, and the big fish god <laughs> falls over and smashes his head off. You've got the story there, mm. yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is from one Samuel five, and so the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, uh, which is a disaster because the glory of God has departed uh, from from Israel. The Philistines had captured the Ark of God. They took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, and then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. And then when the people of uh, when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon falling on his face <laughs> on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. And then they took Dagon and put him back in his place. <laughs> but the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and lying on the threshold, only his body remained. Um, and so you've got this amazing scene where, where Dagon, which, which most people think was a type of fish god, uh, is... Uh, is, it, yeah, exactly. And they're, you know, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the holiness of God, the presence of the one true God. And uh, this false god cannot but bow down and smash itself so uh, in the presence of the true God. And yet, uh, rather than learning the lesson uh, from the first night, they think, oh, it must have been a gust of wind. <laughs> yeah. And then they put it back up. And uh, and so that's just a, that's just which, a nice... Which, which comes back to the, it, it, believe it or not, I think, uh, to the creation uh, account. Because... Uh, in the creation account, you have um, uh, things that are in the realms on the days that are ruling. So in one sense, the fish are ruling the sea. They're, they're able to live within that environment. Mm. But you're not meant to worship those rulers. Mm. You're meant to stand back and worship the creator God that put the fish in the sea. The idea that you make a God mm. a fish, that, that, pa that whole pagan idea... Of, of taking a created thing and turning it into a god is just so stupid. Yeah. And Genesis 1 is telling you that. Don't worship the ruler of the sea. Mm. Worship the ruler of the universe. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. If, if anything, it's switched round because the man is supposed to rule over the fish, isn't he? Yeah. It's the, the man who's meant to be the, the god to the fish, in a sense. <laughs> yes. But to put a exactly. fish above you is 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 weird sort of perversion. Mm. But it, it says something about our desire to have a god, isn't it? Yeah. And when you don't know the real god, you will make anything even a fish mm. into into a god yeah, yeah and uh, i mean it was obviously um it was obviously a temptation for, for god's people for, for that reason because actually in the old testament god specifically mentions the fish as one type of idol they are not to make for right. themselves so uh, the lord says um you know it's talking don't make an idol where Whether, is this uh, Deuteronomy 4, and this is verse 18, whether formed like a man or an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman, or like any animal on earth, or any bird that flies in the air, or any creature that moves along the ground, or any fish in the waters below. Um, 
And so what is being forbidden here is idolatry, you know, the making of images, the worshipping of images. And one of the things that they might have uh, made a god of was not just the calf and the bull, which we're more familiar with, um, but, 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 a, but a fish, you yeah. know, presumably because that was some kind of life source, you know, it provided them with, with protein and life. And so they might have been tempted to worship it um, so that the god of the fish god would always provide them with fish or mm, something like something that. Like you that know? Yeah. Um, but that brings us to another famous story. Mm. Uh, I mean, a really, really famous story, which is Jonah and the fish, mm. isn't it? Mm. So there's a whole load of things going on there because Jonah is called to go to Nineveh. He disobeys God because he <laughs> hates the Ninevites, doesn't he? He hates them. Mm. And one of the reasons he hates the Ninevites is that they seem to worship a fish god. It, it, I, I'm not sure if it was Dagon. I don't, I don't think it was. Mm. But they're... Um, and you can see... If you go to the British Museum, you mm. can see uh, the priests of Nineveh dressed up as in like a big whole fish uniform <laughs> sort of uh, a costume and their head was coming out of the fish's mouth oh, right. and they were like the prophets mm. so the fish spoke <laughs> the the word of the prophet you know mm. to to I don't know, to um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to the people would have been amazing to see those costumes <laughs> well uh, but in the british museum you do see them yeah, you see yeah. drawings of them it's phenomenal <laughs> um and then uh, and then so uh, uh, the prophet of god who was rebellious to god he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to take the message because he knew god would be compassionate on these people that mm. were worshiping false gods mm. that's the love of our god isn't it mm. um and so he runs away uh, and uh, in the end gets thrown into the sea and a fish swallows him mm. and he goes down into the depths and basically dies mm. uh, and then he's spewed up to go to Nineveh and so he comes out of the mouth of the fish mm. and brings the real word of the Lord. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, that, that so it, those two examples of Dagon and then also the fish that swallows Jonah, it's amazing that God in his kindness uses these weird mm. false religions in order to communicate truth, truth. Yeah. to people who don't know him. So I will use this false God and smash him and bow him down before me so that you know that I'm the real God. And I'm going to use this weird idea you have about fish and prophets speaking out the mouths of fishes so that you listen to me. Mm. God's kindness, isn't it? Unbelievable, yeah. It is, yeah. And the end of Jonah 1, you've got this, but the Lord provided, I think it was sometimes, but the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And I just love the idea uh, that of all the creatures of the deep, God is looking on as their creator and he's preparing a fish for Jonah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and providing yeah. a fish for Jonah who's going to swallow him up, suck him down, teach him a lesson, and then spew him out to do what he was called to do. And uh, there's a wonderful um, book that the Good Book Company do on this. And uh, my son Caleb just loves the picture where the... the the fish is spewing these green mm. guts up and oh. fish bones in it and Jonah has got fish bones <laughs> in his hair and he's ready to um, start again. And, and, and I mean, that's an amazing story in and of itself. Um, but, but, you know, amazingly, Jesus actually picks up upon this very story um, to describe his own um, death and resurrection. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, mm. it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And actually on the cross, he uses a psalm uh, uh, that is um, a, 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 about Jonah oh. being in the fish. Mm. I've, I've forgotten what psalm it is now, 30-something. Mm. Um, so there's a, quite a lot of links there with mm. 
with with Jesus because Jonah basically died, didn't he, and rose again, mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus dies and, and rises again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it becomes a description of the very work that he came to do. You know, yeah, just as, which is just to bring the Jonah, word of God. Yeah, yeah, exactly by his yeah. death and resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just as Jonah was in the the belly of the fish three nights and three days, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three nights and three days, and the, and then he'll be resurrected to to bring the gospel word. So um, that's that's a that's a great use of the fish. Yeah, you um, wonder whether it was uh, a favoured animal because a favoured creature because when Jesus comes, suddenly the, the mentions of fish explode in the Bible, don't they? Yeah. Suddenly Jesus comes on the scene and then and fish becomes almost a, to take centre stage because one of the first things he says to um, his disciples uh, in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 16, it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, or I'll make you fishes of men, as the old, the old translation uh, says. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And that, I think, um, sets a kind of uh, picture that, that Jesus then sort of employs uh, throughout his ministry to um, sort of show the, the activity of going out and making disciples of Jesus, going out and having to catch people um, and you could then think about where, where they've been caught from. They're being caught from hell and from death, and they're being saved, taken out of, uh, taken out of that, and caught from that, and brought into into God's family. Um, so that's a picture you get when it Jesus is, steps yeah. on. Yeah, and that's that's a really helpful way of putting it, actually, because that's that in Matthew 13, um, when Jesus is talking about um, various things, parables, using parables to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like. Um, he puts it in very similar terms, you know, so this is Matthew 13, 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore and then they sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood these things? Jesus asked. Um, and so exactly as you said there, the, the proclamation of, of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is like throwing a net out. Mm. Um, and even in this life, um, how we respond to the message brings a type of division. You know, there is a separation. So, you know, fish are caught in, some are separated, the good and the bad. But then Jesus says on the last day, on Judgment Day, there will be a final separation um, when uh, the good, those who have trusted Christ, the righteous, will go to life and uh, the bad, the wicked, those who have rejected Christ will be thrown away. So um, that's classic Jesus, isn't it? He's, He's using the language and the imagery and the activities of the day to describe these gospel realities so that they get into their minds. And presumably, like, the idea was that when they'd finished listening to this teaching and when they went back to their day jobs fishing uh, and they brought their nets in they would be looking at what they were doing and remembering mm. uh, what christ had said and and their need to turn to christ you know so um yeah he's using the fish to teach the truth and then i mean just to follow through on that because I mean, there are things in between obviously but um you know at the end of luke's gospel oh well and john uh, you you find uh, um, the disciples are, are broken because Jesus has died on the cross and they haven't put two and two together yet and mm. they that they they've heard about the resurrection and not particularly believe the women <clears throat> and they're um, 
they go back to fishing. You know, it's Peter basically saying, let's go back to my old day job, mm. uh, trying to sort of enjoy or what, you know, what's my purpose in life now? Yeah. My, my, the one I loved is dead. My whole purpose is gone. Let's go back to fishing. We might get some joy there. And they go through all night and they catch nothing. Mm. And then the resurrected Jesus is walking on the shore. And it's very intimate, isn't it? Because it's, it's like going back to the first calling. Mm. And, uh, and, 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 and he's walking on the beach and he says, throw, they don't know who he is, throw your fish on, you know, the your other net. side of the, your, your, sorry, your net on the other side of the boat. And I mean, I can imagine them thinking, we fished all night. Who the heck is this bloke yeah. uh, walking along? And But they have a go because yeah. he might have seen something and then they catch 100 and whatever it is, 23 fish or 24 fish or whatever, which is a big catch. Yeah. And then Peter realizes that's Jesus. Yeah. And then Jesus is preparing a fish for breakfast, yeah. which tells us a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, well, you don't know what they were thinking. But um, th- doesn't that tell you something about sort of, where fruitfulness and ministry comes from that without christ you can chuck your net over the side and people you know won't be caught for the gospel but where jesus instructs us and we cast our nets in his direction mm-hmm. then 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 it's a fruitful catch isn't it mm. so christ has to be the one who directs and guides and is our sort of fish captain or whatever the whoever the, who's in charge of the fish catches yeah mm. He's the yeah. one that we do it for. Yeah, brilliant. So we've we've got this we've got this um, stuff in the Old Testament. We've got um, the way in which fish and fishing is used to communicate spiritual truths. But as you mentioned when we first got into the New Testament, um, Jesus also used quite a lot of fish just in his ministry, didn't he? In, mm. in, in, in his life and as part of his miracles. And um, perhaps one of the most famous of all of his miracles is the feeding of the 5,000, which is one of the only ones to appear in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. So it's quite a big deal. Um, And uh, there there we just see that extraordinary scene when Jesus, uh, all those people, 5,000 men, but when you include women and children, it could have been many, many more, a great crowd. And Jesus takes just a few fish and a few loaves, blesses it gets the disciples to distribute it and everyone has as much as they want and and there's left over and so that is that is an incredible miracle isn't it and this old testament links there and there's uh pointers to who jesus is there but um you know you just imagine those baskets coming around teeming mm. with fish you know basket after basket after basket you know the lord is multiplying them for for, for his people in that way so uh, a, a fish becomes a kind of symbol of god's miraculous provision his people along with the loaf the fish the fish would remind them i guess in years after that do you remember when you know the fish mm. were going around and when we had a fish like this and there was loads of ah, they kept brimming and brimming and over and everyone and and so it would, would reminded them yeah god is our provider jesus is our lord um so the fish is a big deal there and, and jesus uses us mm. um you know there was a little boy with and there was no food mm. and he had a fish sandwich basically mm. and 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 Jesus takes that fish sandwich and blesses it and feeds. I mean, we often talk, don't we, as as preachers? You know, what's your sermon like? Well, I've just got a, all I've got is a pretty old fish sandwich. <laughs> and then we have to, you just have to trust the Lord, don't you? Lord, would you take the fish sandwich and would you feed people? This isn't a Michelin star sermon, mm. but would you feed your people with this fish sandwich? And He does, doesn't He? He mm. does. I mean. Week in, week out, we know that's true, even though we really know we haven't got really anything to offer. Mm. It's all in Christ, isn't it? So, 
It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thought, isn't it? Mm. He makes us fishers of men and he makes us able to feed people with fish. <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a really lovely thought. I've often thought about the barbecue fish breakfast. Mm. It's just a, such mm. a lovely thing that Jesus, the Son of God, the Saviour, would go and find some sticks yeah. and arrange them on the beach yeah. and strike up a little fire and know that the disciples are coming, but they haven't seen him yet. And he's yeah. sort of busily uh, preparing this meal. He's gone yeah. and got the fish somehow and he's cooked them. And did he go and get some herbs to throw on them? I don't know. And and how, you know, how did he serve them? And the, the, yeah. the, the Lord of the fish who's designed the fish and knows how it tastes because he made it is the one who's gone out to barbecue yeah. it and yeah. prepare it for his disciples. Such a beautiful picture. I've heard, I heard a, a yeah. preacher once say that um, w- when we arrive in, in heaven, it's a little bit like we're those disciples landing on the shore mm-hmm. and there's Jesus and he's prepared a meal for us. Yeah, And it's That's just right. the, the fact that Jesus would prepare a meal for us is such a, a wonderful picture of his servant nature we mm. don't arrive in heaven and suddenly have to get busy preparing a meal for him no. the king but there is the king and he's worked all night so that when we arrive we can eat it's really lovely isn't it there's a men's a, men's breakfast the first men's breakfast sort of thing. Yeah, yeah 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 coming up on saturday um the you know and those are the sort of details which which you which you don't need to include do you if you were writing an account it's the sort of thing that you could leave out you know mm. what did he have for breakfast uh, what was his first meal after the resurrection broiled fish you know you wonder why the eyewitnesses bothered to tell us that you know but i think that is just what is so compelling about the gospels they're grounded in reality and in in a real time and a real place and real events and it's just little observations yeah. like that well, and, all, uh, and it, sho- it shows us a ghost. He's not a ghost. No. Because ghosts yeah. don't eat fish. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's a, he's a, he is a real physical person. Yeah. Yeah, that's risen again. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, got, I agree. And, yeah. and, and beautiful details, though, aren't they, as, as we've just heard? Mm. This is the serving Christ. He's the resurrected king. Mm. He, he, <laughs> he's beaten death. Mm. Yeah. He's risen again. Yeah. He's the king of the universe. Yeah. And he makes, uh, you know, a barbecue for broad of of fish for the men's breakfast. Yeah, and you don't want to over spiritualize it, but there is something like earthy about that, isn't there? In that, you know, he's not he's not suddenly drinking rivers of wine or, or know, yeah, weird um, or caviar from Russia. Yeah, strange <laughs> stuff. It's like here he is. He's the resurrected Son of God, but he's come for people like you and me. And he's yeah. gonna—he's a real man still. Yeah, he's a risen man, but he's a real man. He's gonna have broad fish. But I mean, you used to do fish, didn't you? And uh, I mean, we know yeah. that the best way to treat fish is just simply, Simple. isn't it? It's—it's mm. it's, yeah. it's a bit of butter on it or something, and yeah, yeah. and fresh fish is delicious, isn't it? Yeah. When you ponce around with it. Uh, the, the, it, yeah, the stronger a... flavours that are surrounding it, the more is being covered up. Yes, that's mm. basically yeah, what so, you know. The yeah. simpler the ch- lemon, yeah. garlic, butter, just yeah. simple seasonings. Yeah. Thing. Okay, they trust the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hide something there. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the fish, the fish is used to teach spiritual truth. It featured quite a lot in Jesus's ministry. Um, there's a sense in which um, fish and sea creatures um, are also used prophetically um, to cast a vision of what the future is going to be like. So um, this is this is a prophecy from Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel 47. And uh, here the prophet is predicting that a stream would flow from the throne in Jerusalem 
and would purify the Dead Sea so that fish would teem wow. there. Um, yeah. This is quite an exciting thing. So this is, this is Ezekiel 47, verse 7. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water flat fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. I love that. Where the river flows, everything will live. And I think there's a, there's a wonderful picture of that which is dead and salty and decaying, being made fresh mm. so that things can live there again. And that finds a fulfillment in the gospel age, doesn't it? As we proclaim Christ, the, the dead, salty waters of the earth um, teem with life again. Mm. But there's a sense in which when the river flows again from the throne of heaven, um, you know, that's going to come and it's going to purify the world and uh, recreate the world and make it new and give life to that which was dead. And um, uh, sea creatures and fish are a way of saying, look how it lives. Mm -hmm. You know, it's full of life. Uh, the life that ultimately Christ is going to bring. So, um, well, uh, it's uh, a prophetic animal as well. <laughs> wow, yeah. uh, that's terrific. That is because yeah. uh, yeah. that, that that takes you back and forward, doesn't it? That's it's like back to the future. You go back to Genesis chapter one where we started. Yeah. Oh, it's teeming. Um, it's teeming. Yes. Yeah. And it's alive yeah. and it's 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 there by the word of God. And then of course you go forward. That's Genesis. Go forward to Revelation, and you've got the the river of life, haven't you? And this is sort of expanding on mm. that even more and saying this salt water is turned into, mm. yeah, brilliant. So that's why we've got to be fishers of men because m men need to know about this in order to come into the purifying water of Jesus from the throne. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not, I am not a fisherman, but I mm. understand that you can't just get a stick with a bit of rope and put a thing on it, a little hook, and then you'll catch something. Well, you can. Oh, you can? Uh, well, um, you used to be able to do that. Okay. So years ago, uh, down on the Thames when I was a kid, we used to go flick fishing. Right. And uh, for bleak. So bleak are tiny little silver fish. I mean, they're much rarer now. You, It's quite hard to find bleak now, I think. And you just had a hook and you just put it in, they'd bite it and you flick it out, put it in and they'd flick it out. Oh, it was. Where would you flick them to? We'd just flick them out on the thing. Yeah, I know. But forget that. Um, uh, but um, and then and something like a uh, mackerel, you've only really got to put a silver, a, a bit of silver paper. Actually, you mm. don't even need any bait, and they'll they'll go for it. Yeah. But largely, uh, if you're fishing, it, it, largely fishing is much more difficult than people think, unless you're trawling. Mm. You know, with a big yeah. trawler. Uh, but river fishing in this country, it is a lot harder than you think because you've got to know your fish, you know your bait, know the depth of the fish. Uh, and if you're trying to catch things like trout or salmon or something like that, you've got to know what they're eating. So I went with, um, he, he, he was uh, the sort of number one trout fisherman in the country. And I sat in a boat with him and he taught me how to, to fish for trout. And what he did, he would catch a trout, he would, he, I mean, it isn't cruel. He would put a sort of a funnel thing down its throat into its gut and pull out what it was eating, see that it was eating this type of fly, oh, right. then put that fly on his, uh, you know, on his um, line, and then we would fish for that because we knew that 
the fish were eating that type of fly. Wow. So there's a there's a lot of skill in catching a particular fish. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you're asking that is because in order to win people for Christ, we're mm. not just shouting at them mm. or, uh, you know. I mean, you can catch fish by putting a dynamite in the pool and it will blow them all up and they'll all float to the surface. Yeah. But, you know, we're meant to think hard. Uh, yeah. About uh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah well I think that that is tied up in the verse that you uh, read for us earlier about being fishers of men yeah because I think you know <laughs> behind that sentence is in order to be a fruitful evangelist you need to know at least something about fishing <laughs> yes <laughs> yes if you're, if you're going to be a fisher of fish I think Spurgeon says that doesn't he <laughs> probably yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you need to kind of know what those skills are yeah. so that you can uh, be an effective evangelist. You know? Well, it makes me think of Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he goes um, to Athens and he looks around and he sees the different statues. Yeah. And he's he's yeah, he's looking yeah, at the bait, fishing, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, what bait do he they is, eat absolutely. here? Ah, so I'm going to go for that bait. Yeah. 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 And so we've got, to, we've got to be smart and intelligent and clever. Yeah. Uh, like we saw with the snake when we were talking about the snake a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, ago. Exactly, we've yeah. got to think about what... What is it that's going to get these people to, to, to bite and to, to win them over? Yeah, yeah, great. So when we see the fish, we remember the past. God created the sea creatures. We remember the future, this prophetic vision of life and sea creatures. Uh, we remember the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, the sorting. We remember the ministry of Christ. Uh, we remember the food that Christ ate himself. Um, we remember uh, that we're called to go out and fish for Christ. And so there's actually, you know, when you put it all together... There's a decent amount to learn from the yeah. humble fish, isn't there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We are going to produce another one, uh, a shorter version, which uh, if you've got children, you can listen to um, as, a, as a family. Uh, if these are a blessing to you and you're enjoying them, then do share them on uh, social media or whatever other uh, platforms that you're on. Uh, because hopefully if you've enjoyed it, the chances are someone else will as well. And uh, it would be good to good to get the material and the, and the message out. So. Uh, thanks for listening cornerstonechurchkingston.org is the place to go for other resources and uh, I hope you can join us for the next one